0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Year Ago Today. I am your host, Tyla Fowler. I am so excited to share this week's episode with you. This week, I am speaking with my dear friend, Crystal Paulus. She is such a bright light in the world. Her professional title is an intuitive mamahood coach, and her tagline is empowering mothers and healing the womb. And as Incredible as that sounds, it you know, barely begins to scratch the surface in terms of communicating what it is this woman does in the world. She is such a force um, for healing. And this conversation is fascinating. <laughs> I will share that the anxiety that's been coming up for me a little bit around the release of this conversation is that a lot of people may think, This conversation is about breastfeeding and weaning, therefore it doesn't apply to me. However, as I listened back to this conversation the first time, I was amazed by actually how much Crystal and I were able to cover. I was also really (laughs) entertained by the fact that while Crystal spends the time talking about her relationship with her son, I continually throughout the episode of use the masculine feminine dynamics that she's talking about to talk about my relationship with Matt. And it's a really beautiful illustration of how the subject matter of what you're talking about doesn't need to be identical to someone else's in order for you to receive a lot from what they're saying about their experience, because on an underlying level, you know, we're all connected. All these experiences are connected. It's all It's all part of the same source energy from which we all spring. And I have a little hesitation as those words come out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, I may lose people right there when I say that. People might be like, whoa, and turn this off because they don't identify with that language or they think this podcast is not for them because I've just now started talking about source energy. And to anyone who's having a little reaction to pull back, I want to really invite you to lean in instead. (laughs) There is so much value in this conversation. There are parenting tips everywhere. There's so much information around how you can support someone who's going through the transition into motherhood. There is a lot of talk about boobs. There is some talk about our intuition and how to use that intuition specifically inside relationship with children, but also in creating rituals for your family. You know, it's like we cover so much in here. So (laughs) <laughs> I don't usually feel the need to do a sales pitch before an episode. However, I thought it might be good to tell you upfront just a little bit of what I think there is for you to receive inside this experience. And if you're choosing to lean in some, into some discomfort by listening to this, I want to congratulate you and applaud you and tell you that that is the growth experience And as long as you're paying attention to the feelings and thoughts that come up for you that are activated as you listen through this episode, you will automatically begin expanding because that's how growth
1: works.
0: (laughs) Once an energy is activated, if you just let it be there, it will do its work. So without further ado, I would like to invite you to listen to this episode with my friend Crystal Paulus and stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special message, a special message. <laughs> Stumbled through that a little. A special message from Sally Mercedes, our former co-host. All right. Enjoy. crystal and i got on the line and we were just talking about the fact that today that we're recording this is saint patrick's day and she started to tell me a little bit about her connection to that and i was like wait 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 wait." (laughs) we need to record so that if this is super interesting because i feel like it's about to be people can listen so (laughs) now no pressure crystal tell me about being a little bit irish
1: Oh, yeah. Um, we just always – well, first, when we were little, the um, the leprechaun would come and bring green candy to us. Oh, so fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. But we always ate, like, the traditional foods and everything. Um, corned beef? So, yeah, corned beef um, and cabbage, and then sometimes there was desserts and such. But, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of – oh, and the leprechaun would always um, change our – like, dye our milk green, which now I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, it's <laughs> dye. Like, like, that's not – like, I try to keep my son away from dye now. It is like, oh, we were so excited about that.
0: I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. There's so many things that I feel like that we – like consumed as children and then our parents consumed as children that now we're like, that's poison. But like, it didn't, it didn't kill us.
1: Oh yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And it was like, you had to wear green. Like you had to wear green going to bed because my dad would come in and like, like, he would be like, do you have your green on? You'd be like, yes, I have my green. You can't pinch me. <laughs> But so funny. I feel like I used
0: to always be like, yeah, my underwear is green. <laughs> like, lies.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, but we're actually, I'm sitting here with no green on, and we have no corned beef or cabbage to eat, and the leprechaun did not visit us last night, so. Oh, my I goodness. I am not, I, I honestly, like, I couldn't even remember <laughs> It's St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Uh, Pregnancy brain. I'm totally blaming that. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Well, now that we've landed here together, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I kind of just like threw you in. I was like, I'm going to start recording now. I didn't really give you much introductory information, but that's okay. (laughs) So, Crystal, we're here to talk about what was going on in your life a year ago today. So... I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and put your hands over your heart. Or maybe one hand over your heart and one over your womb space. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Feels more appropriate. And take a couple of deep breaths. Allow your being to journey back to around this time a year ago. And the journey you were embarking on. And all the emotion that was present around that journey. Around what you were going to be leaving behind. And what you were moving into. And when you feel like you really landed there. Share with me in one word if you will. How you're feeling.
1: Anxious. And excited. Mm -hmm. There's such a thin
0: line between those two.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not like anxious, like I'm, like the bad anxious, but like just the anticipation, the excitement, almost kind of like, I guess maybe this is why we started talking about like st patrick's day you know in the morning being so excited knowing that like the leprechaun was going to like have visited us you know or like santa claus like that kind of excitement anticipation
0: Mm -hmm. so now that everybody is present to that energy can you share with us in you know like one or two sentences what was going on a year ago today
1: Yeah, um, I was getting ready to leave my baby boy, um, who is turning two, uh, behind to go on an amazing retreat, and it was also going to be the last time that I would breastfeed. And knowing that um, our journey was coming to an end when I thought, before I even had my son. I thought I would never like stop, like be the one to initiate the stop of breastfeeding. And mm, you thought that he would self wean? Yeah, yeah. And I saw myself, you know, like five years. Sure, why not? Like breast <laughs> really? milk. Yeah, yeah. I oh my really. Gosh. I mean, like not like every day, or you know, like like that's his main source of nutrients. But, yeah, I did see us, you know, if he needed extra cuddles one night, meet like breastfeeding, and it was very clear guidance that for his soul and to for my soul, we needed to end that relationship um which was hard um and Also, it brought up so much of his birth, too. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm present to the fact that sometimes, you know, when we're used to receiving, when we're very in touch with our with our intuition and with our inner guidance, we can sometimes take for granted that not everybody knows what we're talking about. (laughs)
1: Yes,
0: (laughs) I'm wondering if you would share a little bit you said that you received very clear guidance that this was meant to be the end of that relationship between the two of you and so i'm wondering like how did that guidance start to come in or how were you checking in with yourself what what kind of form did that guidance take that that was clear enough that it supported you in shifting your vision for how that relationship would play out so drastically from what you had previously imagined?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, ever... That's a good question. So I guess it starts with um, when I was pregnant with my son. I really did a lot of checking in with him um, as we were going through the pregnancy and starting there, I, like my pregnancy was a little turbulent, I guess you could say, uh, as I found out I had fibroids. Um, so we were able to do the birth that we were expecting to do. Like we were going to do a home birth with a midwife. And then I found out I had large multiple fibroids, um, which, If you're unfamiliar with those, those are, um, non-cancerous tumors that are in the uterus and the same hormones that grow your baby also grow those fibroids. So they got quite large and big and then there was so much fear, so much fear, um, wrapped around it, uh, like some... Like, my midwife was amazing, and then the doctors were very fear-based, you know, like saying, oh, these are all the complications that could happen, but the way that they worded it, it almost felt like this is going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, they're just trying
0: to, like, prepare you, but really you're like, oh my god, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. Thanks very much. Now I'm petrified.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And... Um, I also have a medical background. I've worked as, um, a pediatric ICU nurse, um, and a pediatric nurse, uh, for like five and a half years prior to this. And so, uh, like you're also taught, like I get why medical field is like that. Cause you're taught, like in my training, you're taught to think, of the absolute worst outcome so that you can be prepared. So I was kind of doing that, like thinking the absolute worst outcome (laughs) uh, for my pregnancy. and But at the same time, really coming into an understanding that I need to check in with my baby. And every time I checked in with him, it was he's safe he's, you know, he's safe, he's loved. And this started this amazing relationship Mm -hmm. and really started my initiation into really opening up to my intuition. Mm
0: -hmm. So when you say that you would check in with your baby, obviously Mm -hmm. your baby's still inside your body. Yeah. What does that actually look like? Just closing your eyes and, and Trying to feel him, or was it more like talking directly to him? How was that? How Um, are you actually facilitating that?
1: Yeah, so when I would do that, I would definitely in meditation or quietness, you know, close my eyes and first like check in with my body to see what my body is telling me. Because I think sometimes we can. Uh, get confused on what's mine, what's their energy, especially when you're pregnant, and there's so many hormones and things are growing and changing, so it was really checking in with my body and then going in, and I really just imagined what it looked like, what he looked like within my womb space um. And I'd have conversations with him. Sometimes they were out loud. Sometimes they were, uh, you know, like, in my head. But we'd have these conversations. And especially when I was having um, the pain, like, as the fibroids grew, it caused a lot of discomfort and, like, downright pain, Um, which was scary because you're like – when you hear about pregnancy, you don't hear that you're supposed to have pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that led me to having lots of calls to the doctors, lots of, uh, ultrasounds and also lots of time where it, it like, I I really almost started this on the, the ferry and the bus. Um, we were living in Seattle at the time on Bay Range Island. And so, like, I would start to, like, on the bus or on the ferry have, like, meditative, relaxing music and just connect in for, like, my hour ride. And every time it was, like, I'm safe. I'm good. You're doing good, Mama. You know, like, relax. Allow the flow and can keep connecting in with me. Mm -hmm. So as that relationship grew when he was born, it was amazing because we already had this like internal dialogue without him ever opening his mouth and telling me uh, what it is that he needs. So (laughs) when he was a newborn and crying, you know, and it was like, I could if I had the right mind to settle my, my body, settle my mind, and really connect in, it was like, oh this is what he needs. It was like that beautiful connection that we had with one another. hmm Yeah. So yeah. I believe and, so much
0: in that power of nonverbal communication.
1: Oh yeah. Like oh it's yeah.
0: It's like a really inborn I don't know if that's the correct word. I think it is. Inborn sense that we have that that most of us don't use consciously. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes like we know when we get a bad vibe from somebody or you know, we can tell when somebody's in a bad mood.
1: <laughs> yeah. However,
0: there's like such a greater capacity to communicate through our bodies that it's really interesting. Of course, that would manifest in a relationship between mother and child if you were consciously tuning into it. It's so gorgeous.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess. So as, um, we, as he continued to grow up, especially, um, when I would put him to sleep at night, one of the things that I do even still, um, is I. Well, I ground the room, um, which is basically just like bringing golden light from like kind of like the sun, coming in and imagining it like fill up the whole room and going down into the earth um, to just really settle the energy. And uh, I use that a lot, especially when he's a crazy man (laughs) (laughs) and you're just like, oh my goodness, settle down. Um... But, like, that, that really helps anchor the energy of the room so that he can go to sleep, or if it's like, we need to stop going a mile a minute and settle down a little bit here. <laughs> um, and then I connect with, I talk to him, um, and I've learned a little bit more where I actually connect with his guides, um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that was kind of how the conversation started with um, the weaning from breastfeeding, because uh, he, like my son, got to the point where he was, uncomfortable like to be around anybody and he was almost like attached to the boob like if any mothers are listening I'm sure you'll understand um (laughs) like when like when they just get so attached and we had done a, a move um up to um like what do you call it uh we were in another place we were in Boulder for a while we've moved a lot um since he's been born And, (laughs) and so he was, there was a little bit of like settling, you know, big changes. Um, we, we moved from living with grandma and grandpa to, um, living very far away from them. So he was missing them. So there was a period of adjustment where he was really connected, um, to me and his connection was. And his safety blanket, in a way, was the boop. Like, he never had a stuffed animal or a blanket that he just loved. It was the boop.
0: (laughs) Oh, I mean, this is so fascinating to me because it's like this idea of mother's milk. Uh Uh-huh. And then when we translate that into, which is what I'm really excited to do, to translate that into, like, a spiritual discussion. And it's like that connection to the divine mother and that that nourishment that we receive from the divine mother right and there can be all these different like substitutes for that or things mm-hmm. that we that we latch onto that we do receive nourishment from um but it's interesting because as you are talking about the attachment to the boob you know I'm thinking about okay well what am like where are my attachments in life that I that I treat like that a little bit you know?
1: Oh yeah, totally. And I already
0: knew coming into this conversation that this was going to be very alive for me. Um, (laughs) and I'll share with you that the thing that comes up immediately for me is, uh, marijuana.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, because it's that it's, um, for me, it's, it's a very medicinal loving presence. And I think that, you know, this idea of, Yes, it's wonderful, and yes, it's supportive, and yes, it's it's nourishing, you know, just like mother's milk. And at the same time, <laughs> you can't live life if you're permanently attached to your mother's poop.
1: hmm Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is hard, like, and it's being at the the. I guess in a way, you know, like in this relationship or like in this circumstance, like I was, you know, having to be the person that's like, oh, no. Like, you know, like I said, it, having to set up boundaries that are good for my son. I have to say it was hard. Like I cried and cried. Yeah. Well,
0: and there was this big trip coming up, right? So yeah. Like you had this decision to make. Did you ever consider not going on the trip?
1: I did. I very much really did. Um, I, it took a while to buy my tickets. Uh, and like, and this was like my husband was amazing because he was like, you have never done anything like this before for yourself and you need to do it. He also knew that like I was at, um, kind of my wits end, you know, I was working so hard providing nourishment for my son, you know, not only through breast milk, but, you know, supporting him, supporting my husband. He worked long hours away, you know, and I was also starting up a business. So he was like, you need time for yourself because you'll be so much better. You'll be, you'll be able to take care of us better (laughs) if you go and take care of you. So, you know, that like fill your cup up first type of things.
0: Oh yeah. It's so true. It's so nice when, uh, if you're in partnership with a man or I'm learning how to talk about things that are like inclusive in a language Mm -hmm. way. So if I, (laughs) if anybody out there listening is wanting to support me in learning more inclusive language, I'm happy to receive that feedback in a gentle way. I talk a lot about the masculine and feminine. And what I was going to say is it's so nice for the feminine to receive that affirmation from the masculine, you know, because it's so easy, I think, to slip into a place of martyrdom.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) I think I'm not a mother yet. Although I can, I know that as I began doing my healing work around the feminine, the first big frequency that came up for me to be healed was this frequency of the martyr. Mm -hmm. So it's so gorgeous to hear that he was supporting you that way and stepping away and filling up your cup.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think as uh, mothers, like I had a, a pattern in history of martyrdom um, in my personal life before I became a mother and also like in my career like when I was working as a nurse I can't tell you how many times like you know your 12-hour shift goes on and it's like it's been so busy that like you hardly eat because like you know, if there's not someone to break you, like what do you do? It's not like you can step away from this um patient that's critically ill, you know, so um, so those patterns definitely have followed me into motherhood, and I have to be really conscious of them uh, and trying to break them. And also honor, like, where I am, because there's times where I'm like, I haven't done anything for myself, and I, when was the last time? You know, like, no wonder I'm tired and cranky, and like, we're clashing. It's harder for me to connect with my son, um, on not um, only, not only in a, you know, like, a r- everyday relationship, like, uh but like the days when <laughs> when i find myself saying oh we're having a bad day <laughs> i like i'm like oh oh okay what's going on with me internally when was the last time that i have taken care of myself because my son who is so perceptive is picking up on this and this is making it where our relationship we're disconnected
0: she's mirroring my energy to me and it doesn't feel good (laughs) oh my
1: goodness for either of us little kids are the most amazing mirrors and sometimes you're like oh can you please stop it (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that part of me I've hidden that Uh, from me for such a long time why do I I have to see it now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny,
0: that's and you know, not just kids. I'm finding that like if you really start to open up, you know we receive those kinds of reflections everywhere. Mm-hmm. I received a reflection from a friend the other night that was so uh so direct <laughs> we were at a bar when it happened, and um. It was so direct, I almost fell off my bar stool. I was like, holy cow, (laughs) what a reflection. He said something that that hurt my feelings so much, and as soon as he said it, I was like, oh my God, Like he just gave me the most beautiful trigger to look at, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But kids are even, uh, you know, it's interesting because as my friend was reflecting back to me, I was also aware of the lens through which he's seeing the world. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're reflecting to me a belief system that you're currently inhabiting that we're both clearing, but kids, like, don't have that lifetime of, like, accumulated stuff that they're reflecting through, you know, so the reflection is so much, so much clearer sometimes with children.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah parenthood, like, is one of those things where they're like, parenthood is so hard. And before I got into it, you're like, oh, sure. And then you're like, gosh, this really is one of the hardest things. Because it's like, like, what is your goal as a parent? Like, it's really to make, like, grow a human who's going to turn into an adult that's a decent person. Like,
0: that's... (laughs) I like that you said decent, not like it's a great person, but just, like, a decent person.
1: (laughs) I mean, well, I mean, of course you want them to be absolutely great, but, like, I mean, like, that really is the goal, but if you think about that, that, like, long-term goal is, like, kind of daunting if you think about, (laughs) you know, like, I'm, like, this human that I... Am responsible for is one day going to be an adult in the world, and how are they going to be reacting to others, and what would they do in this circumstance? And so, how can I break the patterns of my own patterns within myself so that they don't have to go through those patterns, you know? Yeah. Oh,
0: that's so gorgeous. Also, because I'm thinking about having a a male child that like breaking that pattern of the martyrdom that's so strongly associated with the feminine, Mm -hmm. you know, I think really does something powerful for the masculine in teaching the masculine to see the feminine as whole, instead of as an energy to be taken advantage of.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. I never even thought of that.
0: Look at what you're teaching him. Yeah. Okay. So you were getting ready to go on this trip. Yeah. I don't know a lot about weaning. So can you tell me how does that process, I should say, I don't know a lot about weaning yet. You're about to enlighten me. Okay. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about like, is that something that you have to like, how long does that process take? How I'm sure it's different for everybody, but like for you, what was it like to wean him? And how long were you involved in that process? And then what was it like to finally, like, get on an airplane and fly away?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, th- that brought up a lot of emotions, thinking about um, the weaning process. So um, when well, I signed up for... let start
0: there with the emotions, uh-huh. if that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. Can you tell yeah. me what's coming up for you?
1: Um... Well, I remember my initial reaction to thinking about weaning um was failure. Like, that I'm not going to be doing this lofty goal of, you know, five years or, you know, like whenever. Whenever he's ready, you know. Um, but then at the same time, also claiming my own power. That's so, so interesting. This...
0: I was just about to say, when you say, like, when he's ready, I've been going through this thing that's, like, realizing where I'm deferring my power, especially where I'm deferring my power to the masculine.
1: Mm-hmm. So... Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So you were like, when he's ready, but then you're like, but I also want to own my own power. So,
1: I mm-hmm. mean, go on.
0: <laughs> Tell me yeah. more.
1: And also thinking about, um, this connection that was like, after he was born, you know, like you have this, that connection of him feeling him within my womb. I didn't, I thought for sure I would remember that feeling forever. And I completely forgot about it like really quickly. Like it's a weird, it's such a alien (laughs) feeling like Mm -hmm. and and it's so magical and you're like oh I'm never gonna forget this and then it's like (laughs) I don't even remember this and now um, I'm currently pregnant again and with a baby girl and it's like oh I know I'm going to like I'm gonna try to soak this these energies up even if they're uncomfortable and it's like a foot in my rib, you know, but, um, yeah, it's really quite interesting to think about. So after, after he wasn't within me, this was another fantastic way where we could connect physically. Yeah, through, yeah, breastfeeding. Physically, energetically, and... Um, it was difficult. Like we had a difficult little journey (laughs) with breastfeeding. Um, by the time I left the hospital, my nipples were already cracked and bleeding, um, because he had a slight tongue and lip tie, which just means that like his lips, his frenulums were a little bit tighter. And so he wasn't able to, like, extend his tongue or curl his lip up as well as um, he needed to. What's a frenulum? Oh, a frenulum. That's, like, the little piece of skin that um, if you, like, kind of, like, lift your lip up, it attaches your top lip to your Uh gums or underneath your tongue. It's, like, the, like, little piece of skin that attaches your tongue to your, um, the bottom of your mouth.
0: All right. I'm with you now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, kids that have, uh, like when you're born, like sometimes it, it can be not as stretchy or, um, go farther up or honestly, I, I don't know all the medical terminology with that, but his was slightly tight, um, on both of them so we spent a lot of time um working on training him how to suck so that was interesting like before i was able to nurse him when he was a couple of days old i would actually have to um use my finger at first and help like kind of massage his tongue down mm-hmm. so he would um kind of curl it up around my finger and extend it because when he was doing it, he was kind of doing a smacking where his tongue was going up and down, up and down, as opposed to curling around the nipple and like drawing the nipple within his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs>
0: so you guys invested a lot in this relationship is what you're saying. Like,
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot. Um, I had uh, a lot of, Like, what do you, um, plug ducts because he wasn't emptying me all the way. So, what that is, is like, it's like a duct within your breast. It isn't clearing. And so, the milk actually gets like stagnant and then it gets really hard and it hurts. Um, and, uh, ways to relieve it is actually like putting hot packs on. Uh, feeding doing a dangling position so like basically I'd be on my hands and knees over him <laughs> and he'd be nursing like on the bed and I'd stay there and and massage um, oh my gosh if you're
0: just like ooh, hanging down yeah yeah <laughs> it's so funny because as you're talking about this you know I'm just going to trust myself to say what I want to say I'm like a little hesitant to say this out loud but I'm thinking about this masculine-feminine interplay, and it's like, well, you've, you've invested so much in teaching him how to breastfeed, and then you come to this point where you're like, okay, but now we're not going to breastfeed anymore, and <laughs> now, mm-hmm. like, it's time to learn a new phase of this relationship, and as you were talking about that, I was thinking about my relationship with Matt and how, like, I feel in the first, like, year I had to really teach him how to fight. Mm-hmm. But then I had a big evolution around that, which was like, we're not going to fight anymore. And now we're going to move on to this like new way of ex- exchanging energy. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because that frequency feels a little bit similar to me. It's like, we're going to learn how to exchange energy in this one way between us. Yeah. And then as soon as the masculine gets the hang of it, <laughs> the feminine is like, okay, now we're going to totally change everything again. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, it's so true. that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we worked really hard for our pre- for the breastfeeding. and then of course like when he got a little bit bigger, um, then his mouth was able like to work the way that it needed to and then it got really easy too. Um, so I think it was probably, um, and also I, we moved, um, from Seattle area to, um, Colorado with my parents, um, for nine months. And I also had so much more support during that. And like in my undiagnosed postpartum depression also got better because I wasn't like I had people around me. So, like, that – and he was older, you know, like, so I don't know what exactly it was that made the breastfeeding relationship so much easier because there was a lot of (laughs) – a lot of interplaying variables. But it got really easy. So there was, like, a year of us, like, enjoying breastfeeding. So Mm –
0: that's so nice to hear. Cause I know that so many mothers never really get to that place with their breastfeeding relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so. feel very blessed that we enjoyed it. <laughs> how um, did you wean? Oh yeah. I'm so sorry. I, that's
0: okay. I'm bringing us back.
1: Thank you. So, um, <laughs> that's when, <my> job. I, <laughs> when I signed up for the, uh, The Angels of Intuition, which is like a mastermind sisterhood with um, Caitlin Edgar. Yeah, Um, I interviewed
0: her in the past on the podcast. If anyone wants to go back and listen, you can find Caitlin Edgar in the old episodes. And I'm also recording an episode with her in a couple weeks. Oh,
1: fun. Or maybe it's this week.
0: So you can keep an we're actually recording an episode about my ceremony, Crystal, from the retreat.
1: Oh my gosh, that's going to be awesome. Okay, yeah, you, so have this retreat that that.
0: Yeah, you have to retreat for that. Yeah, Crystal's advertising for that. Um, so this retreat that Crystal, that we've been talking about, that was this trip that Crystal went on, was a sacred sisterhood retreat as part of this nine-month mastermind journey that we were on together, and that's how Crystal and I actually know each other. Yeah, yeah. So So, you're getting ready to come on this trip to Mexico.
1: Well, actually, when I first signed up for the nine month um, thing, uh, we were still nursing at night. And so I was like, okay, I knew that um, in March, like I was going to be leaving. So we started doing night weaning. So, what that looked like is I would tell him he was also at an age where he could understand. So, I would nurse him to sleep. And then I'd say there's no more milk until, um, the green light comes on. So we had this, uh, this amazing light. Uh, if you have, are a parent, I would tell you to go out and get one of these. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it was like 20 bucks. Um, and it's a, like a light that, um, that turns is an alarm clock that will light up when, um, uh, at the time that you wanted to. So, oh, That's so um, cool.
0: Crystal, the application I'm thinking of this for this though, is like, again, I'm thinking about masculine and feminine and the exchange of energy and boundaries. I'm like, what if it was like, that was sex? Like I'll be available for sex again when that green light is on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or red light, you know, red light yeah. yeah. What
0: a cool way to begin teaching your child about boundaries.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh oh
0: my gosh. I'm just like in awe of you right now. Okay. Proceed. Green light.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we had some really rough nights. Like he cried a ton. Um, and I would just lay with him and, you know, cuddle him, hold his hand, rub his back. And there was probably, it was probably a week of, Um, it got better each night. Um, I think like maybe the third night was the worst, you know, like where we really didn't get much sleep. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like, he got it. I also, at that time when he was really upset, um, was having this dialogue with his, you know, with his soul, like the way that I was communicate with him of being like mommy loves you i'm not doing this to be mean this is to help you so that you can you know like you're still safe like i'm always going to be here for you our relationship is changing you know like just having this dialogue with him um on a soul level and like while he was sitting there crying <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and then from there, like, I would tell him, um, we went, we did the same thing with, with naps. Like, he got, he, I mean, naps were pretty easy, like, I nursed him to sleep, um, but then I got to the point where I started with naps, and I would hold his hand, and I wouldn't nurse him. Like, we would sit out on the couch and we could nurse, but then when we came into the bed, um, then there was no more nursing. And so then that, like, helped that transition of, I don't need the boob to go to sleep. I don't need a nurse to go to sleep. And then, um, and then from there, just kind of like cutting, like, Making sure that we were really busy helped. Um, So, like, in the morning, I would, I never stopped the in the morning one. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but I also talked to him, uh, like, when it was, like, probably three days before I left. I obviously didn't talk to him about it Um, beforehand, you know, like, verbally. I was energetically communicating to him that. Mommy's going on a trip, and there's not going to be any more milk. Uh, but I, like, three days before, then it was like, okay, Orson, you're going to, when you wake up, you can have, we called it magic milk. Um,
0: That's so sweet.
1: So, so we even still to this day call it magic milk, um, which <laughs> is cow milk, which, I mean, some people choose not to do cow milk. We decided to do it. Because he did need something, a substitute for it. Um, and my husband and I—I was probably a week before I left. We did a, a ceremony where we both wrote him a letter um, with candlelight, and I think it was a new moon as well. And like today, yeah, like today, and just. We both wrote him a letter of how our relationship is changing, how we're going to be supporting him, and then we read it to each other, um, and then we burnt it, and watched it burn, and like, it was a beautiful, like, starry night, and we just, like, watched the stars, and like, knew that this energy that we were burning. Um, we were burning the old and allowing the new to come in and he did so well with he did so well with the wing. Like when I left, you know, he asked about me but um he did great. I think I had a few days where I had a harder time being away from him than he did. Yeah. What
0: was your experience when you got on the plane?
1: How were mm. you feeling? Oh, I burst into tears. Like I, <laughs> I honestly, I felt like a bad mom, um, and I allowed those feelings to really go because it actually was his second birthday that I got on the plane. Like the uh-huh. day, like so, there was all this stuff, you know, around like the birth and. Like, I feel like I was releasing that as well, Um, the disappointment that we didn't have a home birth. Um, Like, there was lots of energies that were being released all at this same time. And getting on the plane and feeling like I was a bad mom, and then very quickly shifting into, like, I am such a good mom. Like, I am going on a retreat and taking care of myself so that when I come back, I'm going to be able to take care of him so much better. And, and yeah, and the, that trip really was life-changing. I would do it again in a second. (laughs) Um, if given the opportunity, I know Caitlin has a, uh, retreat coming up here, and I was like, "Oh, if I was, if I could fly, um, and make sure that I did not have this baby <laughs> in Mexico, I would be there." <laughs> Yeah. it's a little too close
0: <laughs> I cannot imagine like being on retreat and having a baby birthed while on retreat are you kidding <laughs> that would be the most 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 magical experience of all time
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah although I really want Matt there you know, or yeah. my Matthew yeah. yeah yeah
0: not my Matthew your Matthew that makes yeah. sense yeah um so what was so life-changing for you at the retreat? Because it's it's so interesting, like, going into the retreat, you cleared so much space, it feels like, through the process of this weaning and, like, mm-hmm. letting go of that breastfeeding relationship that opens up so much energy in your life. Did you feel that while you were on retreat, you were able to, like, intentionally fill that space inside yourself? I'm wondering, like, what was the most... Powerful thing that you received in that first trip away from your son
1: mm. I think really, I think it that knowing that I am only responsible for myself, um, like that understanding of yes, I'm a mother. And I'm always going to care for my son, but I have to be responsible for myself first. Like, that energy and that knowing um, really, like, has carried me through since that retreat. Um, because there's many times where it's just like, okay, I need to take care of myself. And when I take care of myself then, you know, like I said, I'm a better mother. Um, I'm a better partner. I'm a better human. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Most humans are better when they are actively taking care of themselves, I find. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and a lot of that whole retreat for me was a lot of healing some past, well, a lot of past wounds and... Some of them were very tied to my um, understanding and definition of sexuality, Um, which is interesting since, you know, going into being a mother, like, you have to be sexual. I mean, like, it's the act of lovemaking produces a child, Um, but... Yeah, it's so like, possible
0: to do that, though, and still be really divorced from your true sexuality or to, like, to go through the motions without being able to be fully embodied in a way that feels safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of, like, getting rid of the energies that were not mine that I've carried for so long, Um Yeah.
0: I remember your ceremony. We you won't oh. say too much about it here, but it—I do recall the distinct impression that we were like literally exercising some demons, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, that that you really were letting go of some like deep, deep cellular memory in your physical body. That it's so beautiful thinking about it now, because it's like you released all this energy around the breastfeeding, and you came, and you were able to release even more deeper energy probably because of what you'd already let go of just to even get yourself there
1: oh yeah totally yeah no and that it was like basically like an exorcism and like i i remember um (laughs) uh i can't remember who said it i think it was renee she's like your voice has changed Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. after the ceremony
0: well do you know that my uh a coach I used to work with, Tara Marino. One thing that she taught me that I always remember is that the cells in the like voice box are the same as the cells in the vaginal cavity, mm. and it's the only like those are the only two places in the body where those cells both exist but if you put them under a microphone or not a microphone I'm looking at my microphone (laughs) you put them under a microscope that they're identical so it makes so much sense that like in in doing some deep you know healing around sexuality that you that that would be reflected in your voice
1: oh yeah and like it's um if you ever look at the vocal cords Like if you're going to intubate somebody, it looks very much kind of like a vagina. Like yeah, it makes sense that it would. Two flaps, like and it's. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, "Whoa!" (laughs) My mind just went to the vagina. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that's so interesting. I'm thinking now about. I've had a lot of energy coming up in my. I think I'm clearing some like. You know, when you get down to like the dregs of really old patterns and really old beliefs, and it's like these frequencies are showing up that you're like, "Oh, I've worked through these things, and yet they're here, so I must be mm-hmm. <laughs> still clearing them." But one of them is about uh, the the literal belief that fe- like female expression, the feminine expression is dangerous. Oh. And if you think about that, that's so tied to both our sexuality, our sexual expression in the world, but also our use of our voices and uh, yeah. our physical bodies to express our truth.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. Like um, with my son, like th- throughout his whole pregnant the pregnancy, I felt like my voice wasn't being heard
0: in in um, your personal relationships or with your medical professionals medical providers
1: yeah medical providers in what it was that they were saying i needed to do versus what i wanted to do and um and now being pregnant and knowing that you know um sometime in may i'm going to be having a baby um hey. Yeah, which is really exciting. Oh, at the same moment, I'm like, oh my goodness, really this is going to happen? Oh, <laughs> um, I've really have, like, this pregnancy is so different. Um For one, I don't have the pain and such that I had with the fibroids with my first son. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is I'm not allowing the fear to overcome me. Like, the fear still comes up. I mean, there are s- still things, I mean, that happen where it's like, oh my goodness, this is so scary, you know, like, how are we going to financially do this? How are we going to, um, like, where are we gonna put the baby? You know, like, logistic little type of things. Um, but knowing that I am completely and utterly capable of doing all of this, you know? Um, and, standing up for my rights. Like the doctors, I'm not letting them just do things. It's like, why are you doing this? Why is this your practice? Like, please justify this to me so it's not just like, oh we just do this just to do this. Um
0: yeah, yeah, like I would like to explicitly grant my permission for any anything <laughs> that's mm-hmm. going to happen to me and my body. Mm-hmm. And that is something that doesn't always happen in a doctor's office.
1: No, and especially in the maternity world, world. Um, there's. I'm interviewing
0: Francie tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, then she'll have a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, more to say about that. But yeah, it's interesting how our our healthcare system has made it where, um, and and I I think it's. Like where the doctors are in control, but that also women I've talked to and they're like, oh, I didn't know I had choices. Oh, I didn't know I didn't have to do that. And it's so like trying to bridge the gap of like education, owning your body, and working with the medical providers. Because like I'm not saying that medical providers are not needed. They so desperately are, and there's definitely their place, but us over-medicalizing something that, (laughs) like, is on its own timetable. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Something that's also a sacred experience. mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Giving
0: birth is such a sacred thing, and I don't feel that it's treated that way always.
1: No, and it's also a very, like, it's a sexual act. like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which... I don't think I understood that until I had my son. Um, and when you're actually in the birthing process, it's not like you're like really concerned about the people that are in the room and such, but, um, just because you can get like, you really like, um, the quote that's like, you, the mother goes up to the stars to collect the soul of her baby like mm-hmm. you having a – my son was like one of the most crazy experiences like meditation experiences I've ever had mm-hmm. um and cuz you have to completely release everything within your body <laughs> to, and like surrender to really yeah, allow totally surrender mhm Mhm. Yeah, and the energies are crazy. But this, um, this next birth, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I'm releasing a lot of stuff still, and we'll see where it is that we actually give birth. Because. <laughs> We're in a really small, um, community here. Um, it's kind of rural. Um, it's a two hour flight, um, from Seattle. He lives in Alaska now. Yeah, um, Ketchikan, Alaska. Um, and there's, there is a, um, a hospital here, but they are very, very, very medicalized. And there's some things where I'm like, well, I don't, think we need to do that you know like or tell me why this is your standard or practice and sometimes I'm getting well this is what we do and I'm like but why why do you do this like where is the evidence base for doing this like why can't you allow my body to give it a chance like trust trust my body in a way that I trust it.
2: <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, it's so, uh, it's so interesting. I'm having a real energy come up as you're talking around like having systems imposed on us, or not opposed, imposed on mm-hmm. us that are actually not aligned with our with our core values. Like as you're talking about about this, you know, the medicalized system around around birth. And I'm also thinking about, for me, capitalism is a big one. It's like, I do not identify with the values necessarily that I see playing out around this. Like, maybe in theory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That maybe in theory, this is a good idea. However, as it applies to the practicality that is my life, that is the way I do business in the terms of capitalism, or the way I give birth, it's it's such an interesting and unique challenge to try to move through the world in a way that's in alignment with your own values when you're living in a system that doesn't fundamentally honor and respect those values.
1: And I honestly, I think it all comes down to claiming every day sacred, you know, like money is sacred Birth is sacred, you know, like the body, the body is sacred. I mean, taking care of your child, you know, like, um, I've is sacred. Like in everything that you do, feeding your body is sacred. Yeah.
0: Uh, Are you looking forward to breastfeeding baby girl when she gets here?
1: Oh my goodness. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited. Like really excited. Um, I that'll be really we and my husband and I have had a conversation of you know, um my son, who is still very <laughs> like into the boobs, like he's as <laughs> excited as about baby girl as he is about the boobs, which are very large and in charge right now. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but he, he, like, he has lots of questions, um, like every good three-year-old asking how I'm going to make milk, how I'm going to have baby girl, how she's going to pop out, um, and I love his little (laughs) theories. They're fantastic. Um, and, like, we've had the conversation of, I would, like, are we going to let him, um, breastfeed? again.
2: Ooh, are you?
1: I, you know, um, I'm I'm still connecting with his soul, and I, I, there's a part of me that's like, the curiosity part, you know, kind of like the other day, he really wanted to see what was inside an egg, so we broke up into an egg, and I let him play with it, and then we washed his hands really good, you know, like, so it's like that, allowing the scientist within him, um, be alive but also if I do allow him there's going to be clear boundaries that it's like this is not like going to be a thing um so yeah so I'm I'm feeling into those myself right now if how if I do allow him how am I how am I going to have these boundaries enough where It's not going to become a thing again, you know, since we've already bridged that gap, but allowing his curiosity to grow. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. My husband is very like, oh, I think it should just absolutely be not. And I'm like, okay. So, I don't know. It's a (laughs) a definitely a conversation. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have a conversation and like it's something that we're talking about and feeling into now so that when it when baby girl comes along cuz I'm like I know he's going to ask. I know he's going to ask. Like he has to do everything. <laughs> so, what is our going to what is our response and why if it is a no, how are we going to make it in such a loving way? Be a no you know. It's so interesting.
0: I don't know that I really shared this with you. However, in in just interacting with you and just being in a part of your life and, you know, like, I'm thinking about specifically exchanging videos via Marco Polo Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and sometimes seeing how you know, when Orson was younger, he would often interrupt the videos or he would come get in the videos and he would just want to be next to you with like a hand on your boob. (laughs) And (laughs) it's so funny because watching that, it really opened up some understanding for me. I've always been like, what is it with men and boobs? What is it with men and boobs? And it's really in, in, being allowed to bear witness to your life, that I've begun to understand what it is, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's perhaps a lot of the time far more about nourishment and comfort than it is about a sort of sexual curiosity. And of course those are all one and the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because sex can nourish us and comfort us. It's just really interesting that that is something i was not i hadn't put the pieces together until i until i had the chance to witness you
1: yeah and it was and, it was interesting a lot of i had weird like many interactions with people like str- some strangers um and especially in south like so we lived in boulder and then we lived in south dakota <laughs> for a little bit of time before we came up to ketchikan and South Dakota, they're very, very conservative. Um, So, like, when you see people breastfeeding, usually they have, like, the the scarfs or something, like a cover up over them. Mm -hmm. And my son never took to those. And at the Mm -hmm. same time, I'm like, I'm not going to cover my son. You know, like, I'm going to nurse. And he was older, and he did like to like whenever I carried him, like even still sometimes, especially with my boobs growing right now, he his he sucks his thumb and puts his hand down and wants to grab my boob. And so like <laughs> I like in it especially when he gets tired and so now it's like you can't grab my boob. You know, like I will hold you and cuddle you. But I had a lot of people like make comments, especially some of the older generation in mm. this south dakota and they were like oh he's much too old to nurse or how are you allowing him to to do that and at the time it was like well i'm okay with it because it's a comfort thing but then like that was also part of the the weaning process not letting him do that um all the so time
0: yeah it's like to say to other people I'm sorry the way that my child is touching my body is somehow making you uncomfortable
1: yeah yeah <laughs> like was... I've
0: made this human I birthed this human <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and I mean like there there were a few times um is more when he was younger but he would um if I was carrying him and sometimes uh when he, if he was like I'm hungry and if I wasn't really paying attention like he would just whip the boob out and put it in his mouth and it was like <laughs> like <laughs> I, great I'm so glad that you can do that because I had my hands full at the time but like like in public people would be like oh my god <laughs> and I'm like I like but that was our relationship and then we felt good about that at that time. It did change. Uh Yeah. And I have
0: to say, if I witnessed that happening, I would be like, that's incredible how that kid knows how to take care of himself. (laughs) He's so empowered.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Crystal! thank you so much for talking to me about all this.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. There was, this was very enlightening for me, too. Like, all the stuff that I did not realize was actually going on. So, thank you.
0: My total pleasure. (laughs) Is there anything else that's really present for you that you'd like to share before I ask you our our final question?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I feel pretty complete. Okay.
0: So my last question is, if you could go back to a year ago today and give yourself a message from the woman that you are now, What would you say to yourself?
1: Hmm. I'm incredibly strong and doing the right thing. Ending You are incredibly strong. (laughs) (laughs) And And you are doing the right thing. Getting on that plane. (laughs) Yep. Mm. Hmm. Uh, Thank you.
0: I feel like you're always, I'm just like, gonna cry I'm thinking about you and I'm like you're always incredibly strong and you're always doing the right thing
1: Mm. thank you for that reflection I know I do not feel that way all the time (laughs) but I don't think anybody does so yeah I don't think so either it's a work in (laughs) progress yeah and moving through those moments of being like oh I feel like the worst human in the world Um, or usually it's like, I feel like the worst mother in the world, like, um, and then allowing that to happen and like catching myself sometimes, you know, when it's like, I'm reacting and it's like, "Hmm, all right, let's both take some deep breaths. (laughs) Yeah, uh, half the time we do deep breaths is for mama more than, <laughs> than <laughs> my son <laughs>
0: oh my goodness I love I'm so excited to to know you and get to witness the growth of your children because with how spiritually grounded you are I'm just I'm already like future projecting my amazement about what incredible humans they're gonna be oh thank you All right, well, I guess, I mean, I asked you our final question. I guess we should wrap up. Is there, um, I'm wondering if you want to promote anything in any way that you're building or teaching. I'm not totally sure. This episode probably will not come out until like the second week in April. Okay. So I don't know if that's too late to promote your
1: sisterhood. Yeah, no, because that will be over by that time. And I was, I was feeling into that and I was like, I think it's going to be complete too. So Mm -hmm. no, um, I mean, people can always connect with me at crystalpolis.com. Um, I have like lots of different things to help mothers and, um, and women step into their journey of motherhood. Um, that can be, if you're calling in a soul, like you feel like someday you're going to become a mother. I have lots of things for that. Or if you're pregnant or, um, if you are a mother and trying to find yourself, um, in that, you know, uh, (laughs) which can be hard, um, finding yourself when you're in the midst of taking care of everybody else. Um, but yeah, I'll also um, say
0: that Crystal does incredible womb work. So mm-hmm. even if you're not a prospective mother or you never want to have kids, if you want to do some healing work around your own birth and around your womb space, which is where our creative energy is channeled from and our you know sexual energy, all the juicy good energy, uh, Crystal has really an incredible gift. And I have had, I feel like, a couple of pretty powerful experiences with you. So I oh, recommend awesome. everybody
1: check it out. Check,
0: check Crystal out. Awesome. com. We'll put yep. it in the show
1: notes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah this was amazing. Thank you for having me. I love connecting uh, with you whenever I we get to. I love connecting with you too. It's <laughs> such a gift. <laughs> uh, it is kind of sad that I'm like, oh, it's a year ago and we were all together. And I'm like, oh, I just want to have us all together again.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. I saw Sandra the other day and she was the same thing. She was like, we need to go back to Mexico. And I was like, I know.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I was so jealous that you guys got to meet up in person. I'm like, okay could I get on a plane right now? <laughs> oh,
0: you know what though was incredible. Even though she and I both live in New York, we had not seen each other since Mexico.
1: Oh my goodness. You're crazy. It's been a
0: full year since we've seen each other and she lives like a 25 minute drive from me. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to try to get together once a month going forward.
1: Awesome. That sounds great.
0: Maybe I'll edit all this out <laughs> so nobody has to listen to this part. It's just like chit-chatting. Uh, uh, all right. I love you so much, Crystal. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> I'll probably follow up with you
0: or Sally will. I think what'll happen is I'm going to record a little intro to this session that really properly introduces you because we okay. kind of just jumped right into the conversation. So, I'll probably ask you to send me like a bio or like what you want said about you at the top of the episode.
1: Okay, cool. Awesome.
0: And then we'll keep you posted when it's coming
1: out. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was super fun. And I love you and miss you, of course. I love you
0: too. And did you mail me a piece of
1: cloth? Yes, Yes, Ah. I did. So you should be getting that here soon. Who knows how long it will take because... Things take forever from here. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. So you, I'm thinking that sometime this next week you should get it. But yeah.
0: All right. I'll get it back to you uh, so fast, like lightning.
1: (laughs) And if it doesn't, like I just said, like by May, you know, if it doesn't happen by April, like seventh, which I'm like, oh, that's that's coming up. I don't know if some of them are going to get there in time. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Too. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> have a great day. Okay. You too. Bye, love. Bye. Hi, everyone.
2: It's Sally. It is very early in the morning here in LA. Um, I don't have one specific thought about Crystal's episode other than it was really great. Um, but it's an interesting time because I am, as I'm recording this, I am about to board a plane to go to Mexico, um, for this year's retreat, which Crystal referred to the one that she unfortunately couldn't attend because she's pregnant. She's very pregnant. And, um, yeah. And so I'm excited for the week that's to come. Also, I am in crystals program, empower your birth. Um, I am not a mother as most of you. Well, all of you who had regularly listened, know, (laughs) but those of you who did not don't know that I'm not a mom. I don't even know if I will be, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been a really great experience to spend some conscious time connecting with my room space and all of these amazing creations that I have coming up. Um, so yeah, I think that the thing that's alive for me is just making note of, um, how I'm going to, I have mostly cleared my schedule for this coming week so that I can really dedicate it to myself. And I have asked for support from various people, um, to make that a really smooth process and so that I can really be nourished, um by that time. So I really invite you to do that and to make note of when was the last time that you did that for yourself. And if it's been a long time, or maybe even if it hasn't, when do you think that you can do it again? Uh, because it really is super important, just as both Crystal and Tyler were saying. Um, so yeah, so those are my thoughts on this week's episode. Um And let's see, what can y'all do now? You can follow us on social media, a year ago podcast, and you can email a year ago podcast at gmail.com. And what else can you do? You can rate review or share the podcast. It really is super helpful. So whatever platform you're using, you can do it there. And if you really want to be an overachiever, as I often am, (laughs) you can go on another platform and rate and review us there as well. So Stitcher, iTunes, um, Google Play, wherever you're listening to us right now. And, oh, and yes, I guess we can cut this out if this doesn't need to be mentioned this week. But, well, it feels a lot. So I am still taking donations for the retreat, the Radically Sacred Retreat. And at the time that I'm recording this, so it'll be pretty soon to when it comes out, um, there are only a couple of spots left in the retreat itself. So if you do feel that it's calling you, I urge you to get in touch with me, um, Sally at sallymercedes.com sooner rather than later. So you can, we can talk about that. You don't, it doesn't commit you to anything, but you know, if you're feeling called to it, I would love to at least have a brief conversation with you about it. Um, All the links and everything to donate, to learn more about the retreat, um, to connect with us will all be in the show notes. So just check that out on whatever platform you're using. I love y'all. Bye.